0: Little roller up along first, behind the back.
1: it gets through Buckner, here comes Knight and the Mets win it! A 2-1 pitch, and a drive in the air to deep right field, that ball headed toward the wall, that ball is out of here, out of here, a game winning grand slam home run, off the bat of Robin Ventura! Hey. And it's hit deep to left center, Andrew Jones on the run, this one has a chance, home run! By Piazza, and the Mitch lead 3-2. High fly ball on the left. Back at the wall, and the captain's going deep to the wall. Turner drives one to center, chasing Nimmo back to the warning track, right at the fence. He made the catch! Oh, wow! The catch of the year for Brandon Nimmo! He took a home run away from Justin Turner. Wow. gentlemen. May I have your attention, please? The show starts
0: in 10, 9, 8, 7, episode number 20 of the say hello podcast my name is Casey Lynn I am joined by my co-host former major league pitcher and former New York Met Bill Pulsifer happy new year everybody I can't believe we've made it to episode 20 already 2023 flew by here we are at episode 20 notable number 20s of course Bill Tommy Agee in Mets history Hojo Jeremy Burnett Sean Green Neil Walker Pete Alonzo, Happy
1: New Year, Bill. How are you? I'm great, Casey. Happy New Year. Looks beautiful there down in Florida right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, We'll see how the uh, the sun cooperates as we uh, record this bad boy. Right on. Um, I want to take a short moment to say that this podcast is brought to you by Roots-Recordings.com. And, of course, a special shout-out to our great producer, Steve White. Check out his podcast, The Cold Hard Pop, uh, as well. Totally recommend it. Uh, We are Say Hello Media on uh, YouTube, and you can follow us at Say Hello Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Obviously, you are either watching or listening if you see or hear us right now. So hit that subscribe button if you're on YouTube. uh, And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, Google, wherever you get it, uh, go on over to YouTube and subscribe as well. Follow us wherever you you are. Uh, Glad to be here, Bill. Um, It is a new year. Doesn't really mean much in terms of what's going on in Metzville, um, but uh, it, there's there's a lot of stuff always going on. I mean, there's 195 free agents still available. Let, let's start with this. I know I didn't want to bring up Yamamoto again after oh boy. <laughs> episode, and I'm not. It's just what you know. It's a prelude to what, where we're going. Right on. Right on. He got the highest pitching contract in MLB history: 12 years, 325 million. My point is that that opened up the market for pitchers. And pitchers in this free agent class are getting paid up the ass. I mean, they are making money like I've never seen. Uh, since our last episode, who we spoke about, Lucas Cialito, uh, we, we thought maybe the Mets would pivot to him. He signed with the Red Sox in the last seven days. Uh, two years, $38.5 million with an opt-out after one. Call it $40 million, $20 million a year, Bill. For a guy who led the league in home runs allowed and had a 70 RA in his last two months, the the, the numbers are crazy. Um, And then we saw, I'll just bring up one more name. Frankie Montas pitched on the A's, went to the Yankees. He pitched a total, Bill, one total game last year. He got $16 million from the Reds. So, with that being said, and I want to hear your take on all of this, of course. The market has dictated that Lucas Alito is getting $20 million a year and Montas 16. Jordan Montgomery is going to get $30 million easily, easily per year. If I'm the Mets, I don't want to be competitive, as they say. I'm throwing six years, a couple of opt-outs, and $180 million, which is $30 million a year. We'll go from there. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, yeah, obviously the money is uh, makes me wish that I wasn't 50 and might have had something <laughs> left in the old tank, obviously. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I thought that they were saying baseball was in a bad spot and wasn't making money, but obviously that must not be the case because these owners wouldn't be dishing out the kind of money that they are. Two guys, like one, struggled last year, and then two, Montas, didn't pitch at all last year and really wasn't great when he came to the Yankees at the end of the year. Granted, obviously, he was probably injured. That's uh, being the reason why he might have missed a lot of time last year. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of times guys try to play when they're when they're not 100%. And the game's hard enough as it is when you're not 100%. So uh, when you are 100%. So um, it's insane. I yeah, mean, you know it I is. Felt, you know how I felt about Yamamoto? And for you to say that the highest contract ever given to a pitcher in Major League history is given to a guy that hasn't thrown a pitch in Major League history. Yep. leads me once again to wondering who in the world are these people that are running teams in baseball nowadays because they obviously are didn't play baseball or understand how hard it is, but I, I don't know, man. I guess it is what it is, and uh, it's crazy that somebody that hasn't played the big leagues has kind of set the standard for what the, the pitching uh numbers are nowadays when it comes to guys getting paid. I mean, good for the guys, obviously. Um, sorry for the fans that might have to pay a little bit extra for huh. a hot dog or a beer or, or parking yeah. or whatever it may be, but um, Montgomery i mean look man the guy went to two smaller town uh quote unquote smaller towns obviously i think baseball towns you know st louis is a, a tremendous baseball town and grew a beard right away as soon as he got away from the yankees uh yep. like most like most guys do uh i don't know if he wants to play in new york you know i don't know if that's the case i think maybe he feels like he's uh and i don't know i don't know the guy at all
0: money, yeah, talks. money talks but I mean,
1: <laughs> there's from the looks of it, there's going to be money everywhere. That's what it's, it looks yeah. like right now. Or yeah, at yeah. Least, I mean, who knows the Dodgers might go out and throw some more money at him for all we know, you know, I uh, defer a contract. I don't know. I mean, look, I, I think, would, would it be, be surprised. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised either. I think he would be a good signing for the Mets. I don't know if he is a New York guy in deep, deep down when it comes to it, especially now that he's had some success, um, you know, there's yeah. a, a quote unquote, uh big market uh, team. So it, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's got to be tough right now for a lot of guys waiting to see what in the world's going on. And I know it's tough for the fans as well, too, especially Mets fans wanting to, to let's get it going here because we're, we're not too far away from spring training.
0: It's not even Mets fans. I mean, it's all fans of Major League Baseball. It's the slowest offseason I've ever seen. Um, you know, now that New Year's has passed and the holidays have passed, we're going to see, like I said before, from the beginning, 195 or so free agents are available. They're going to go. So we're yep. going to have moves. And like you said, spring training is literally now next month. It's six, right weeks, around the it's six weeks away really for pitchers and catchers. Yep. And these players have to know where the hell they're going and, and living, you know, um, yep. and the bigger, bigger free agents got to know where they're going to be living for a while. Um, just to touch upon Montgomery. Uh, I, if the Mets want to be competitive now, do I think he's worth 30 million a year? Fuck no. But <laughs> You got to pay him what, you know, the market dictates. And now the market is dictating him. You have Senga as your ace. Then you have Montgomery as your two, Quintana. And then we were speaking about this little uh, a bit off air. They have Severino and they have this Hauser guy that they traded from the, to, from the Brewers uh, as your five. They need at least, in my opinion, two more, but really just one more if you want to put Hauser in the rotation. Now, I like Sean Manana, uh, Oakland A's. Padres last year, Giants lefty, uh, four ten career ERA in over eight seasons uh, with those three teams. Free agent shouldn't be a big deal. Uh, Probably be a lot of money, but shouldn't be a lot of years. Um, I know who you like, so you can tell everybody. uh, But it's going to be probably along those lines because I don't see them going after Montgomery either. Because what have they shown us so far?
1: Nothing. Yeah,
0: so I like Medina, um, but I know who you like. So tell us all about him.
1: Yeah, well, um, similar similar to Manea in a in a way, obviously uh, left handed, another left handed pitcher. Uh, one thing I think Manea may have going for him that my guy doesn't is he's a little he's a, my guy's a little bit older. Um, yep. also, also, coming off of a little bit of an injury, didn't pitch a whole lot last year, but has a, a great track record. And if you look at his uh, career ERA, uh, he's he's well under Manea actually. Uh, In the three in the three range ERA Uh,
0: title helps.
1: Yeah, that does, too. Uh, And Hinjin Ryu.
0: There he is. um,
1: I've been watching him pitch for years and enjoy watching him pitch. Uh, He's been he was very good for the Dodgers. He was very good for the for the Blue Jays. He's ran into a little bit of injury hopefully bouncing back from that. But um, for me, Manea, you know, I've just kind of seen him the last few years, and I think – fucky, he, fucky lefty. Uh, he is. Uh, I What I've seen from him over the last few years is kind of a lack, uh, a loss of flexibility a little bit, and with that it looks like – and he's also kind of gotten a little bit bigger, which we all do as we get older. But <laughs> uh, I feel like his stuff three, four years ago, you know, he was throwing in the 93, 94, 95-mile-an-hour range. When I saw him pitching last year at the end of the year, he was uh, a little dipping down into the ninety-one two mile an hour range, and was actually put in the bullpen at, at one point. In time yes,
0: La- I think it was last year he was.
1: Yeah. So uh, look, it, man, yeah. that doesn't mean the guys can't bounce back in that. And he has been a good pitcher, and he has ha- does have playoff um, playoff experience. You know, um, I just like Hinchin uh, Ryu. I hate to say his name incorrectly. Just um, say Ryu. It's easier. Ryu. Yeah, yeah. it is easier. Um, I like him. I like him okay. a lot. Uh, I think experience goes a long way. Obviously, he had a long career prior to coming to the United States, and now he's played. You know, this will be his 11th season coming into into this year.
0: Now, I, 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 listen. There's a lot of other free agents out there. I say Mineta. You say Ryu. My only thing, listen, Mineta is nothing special. I mean, the the market here is what it is. So these knaves are out there. Next Clevenger, year, Clevenger.
1: Clevenger's a decent right-handed arm. You know.
0: Yep, Clevenger's out there, but these guys are just average at best. Um, that the market is, that's why it's crazy. These, cra- these pitchers are getting insane amounts of money and they're not, they're three, four, fives. next yeah. year. When you have the Zach wheelers and the Max freed and the Walker Buehlers and the, uh, you, you know, I'm forgetting the others. I mean, the, the free agent class of pitchers next year is insane. Imagine what they're going to get, but I like Ryu, of course, but he's older. He's 37 compared to my Mane- who's like 31, 32.
1: 31.
0: Yeah. Ryu's only pitched fifty seven innings in his last two years, Oof, so yeah. you alluded to his injury problems. I mean that's a big deal, and they're already dealing with that and giving Severino a guy who's hardly pitched yeah that thirteen a, million dollar
1: I've got an interesting one and I don't think it would ever happen, but I think it would be kind of cool because God does kind of have a link in a way, and that would be uh Clayton Kershaw on a huh. one year deal you know and bring him <laughs> I don't know about country. that. Yeah. Look, at this point, man, you gotta sign somebody. Give me somebody. Do something. You know what I'm saying? They've done nothing. They've done nothing. The big the best signing this winter has been a bench coach.
0: Yeah, John Gibbons got, for the we win. We got to do
1: something here. We have to start building roster
0: spots. Listen, you're not the only one who's getting antsy. Um, John Gibbons would be probably the the big move so far, but Clayton Kershaw, he's going to get his. He's hurt. He's out till July. Yeah. He's older. He's not the same Hall of Fame pitcher that he was. He's no. going to get his one year contract with the Dodgers. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, like you
1: said, there's going to be a bunch of fours and fives out there being overpaid. There already are. Giolito,
0: yeah. uh, Frankie Montas. I mean, it, I, when I saw sixty million for Montas what
1: (laughs) you know like you pitch one game i'm blown away by diolito as well just because of i kind of followed him a little bit because when i first ever saw him throw i was like what in the world is that arm action right and then i was like how in the world is it coming out at 99 miles an hour and i'll be damned within three years it was coming out at 92 miles an hour which wasn't a surprise to me so uh i don't know again the people that are looking at this uh I don't know. Uh, well, he got signed. They didn't play long enough to realize what they're looking at, obviously, because that's not a, that's not a, a, a what is it? How many? $30 million. A, what do you get? 20 Yeah. Yeah. With the first year
0: opt out after this year. So I don't know if that's a $20 million a year pitcher. He's not. He's not. That's what I'm saying. Maybe he so, is,
1: but he shouldn't. <laughs>
0: well, right. Exactly. Put it that way, you're 100% correct. Right. But, so that was my point. See, so you getting 20 million, what what's Blake Snell and and Montgomery getting? They're getting I mean, Blake, well above that.
1: Blake Snell's got to be licking his chops.
0: Oh god. Yeah, and Montgomery too.
1: Yeah. You know? And I, I mean I, I like, you know, those two Cy Young awards are going to get me a little bit more money than uh than uh, Montgomery having a couple of great second halves, you know. Of course. Uh, we'll, yeah.
0: We'll see. Listen, I mean if we go with the hypothetical notion of Senga Montgomery Quintana, and then pick your poison of Manena or Ryu, and then Severino Hauser as your five, and then throw in Lucchese. Throw giving in Lucchese
1: a shot. I like. I, I want to give that guy a shot, man. I like the way he competes. Yeah. Uh, he proved that he belongs in the big leagues again at the end of the year last year. You know, I I'd like to see him a shot. he was good.
0: Well, the, I wouldn't mind Lucchese, but the problem is you can't really hide him in this rotation as if you got a big time couple pitchers who you know. Every year, the Mets have had a DeGrom or a Scherzer, Verlander. Yeah. So, you know, you can get away with Luke Casey or something. Now, these guys are more prominent. So, I'm all about Luke Casey. As yeah. we, we talked about it throughout last year. I, I love yeah. the kid. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. The the The, the money's insane. The The pitchers aren't that good out there uh, just for a couple. Uh, there's and they only have
1: to go five innings.
0: I guess. <laughs> right. Crazy. And the Mets still need to share up their bullpen. Yeah. They have, you know, they need at least two more bullpen guys to bridge the gap from who they have now of Rayleigh. Drew Smith, who sucks. In my opinion, he used to be good. And we all know last year, way step backwards to Edwin Diaz, who's going to be back. And we're going to hear Timmy trumpet in their narco and the trumpets. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, everything went well. In rehab. Hopefully it's not coming out
1: in the, in the eighth inning to try to, Right, well. Keep the score to certain. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know.
0: I just want a competitive year, and I'm trying to be optimistic. I could be, you know, how about this? We all wanted, or most of my fans wanted David Stearns because he's, what we've heard, a smart guy. You know, his background, his success, if you will, in Milwaukee, and Steve Cohen was all about him. I'm not going to get on David Stearns right now because the offseason is not over. And it's really not his call of what Steve Cohen's plan is. He's got 70 million in dead money, you know, yeah. pay, paying, but.
1: I take Justin Verlander and his money
0: this year. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> that, that, we talked about that. I would yeah, love But it Apparently
1: too. he wasn't uh, making a lot of friends in the clubhouse from some rumors, you know. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I just want a competitive year. 12 teams make the playoffs, six in each league. 84 wins to 86 will get you as that sixth seed. And it, give me give me a, a year where the Mets don't have to trade at the deadline, you know, again. So this is me why I say Montgomery, you know, even though I don't think the Mets are going down that path. Yeah. No, I so, I, I,
1: I totally feel you with that. I just don't know. if And I think we might have even said it last week that they're not going to, you know, they're not going to go after him. And then we get a, you know, the guy, Giolito signs, who we, we possibly were reluctantly saying, yeah, we'll give yeah. him a shot. And now here we are saying we're going to, we want to get a guy that, uh, that we were
0: saying they're not going to go after last week. So, Well, I mean, I, I was, to that point, I was loyal to what I had said. I saw yeah. the contract for Giolito, and I said, F that. He's not worth that. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I guess you can make the argument the AAV is not important. Uh, Luis Severino is getting 13 mil off of nothing. It, it's the amount of years. And Giolito has an opt-out after his, one year, signed a two-year contract. So it's a good contract for him. Oh, and yeah. the Red Sox are playing with house money. You know, if, if 20 or 19 million, isn't that much to them, which it shouldn't be.
1: Um, and they've got a new general manager as well. Don't
0: they? Craig, Craig Bleslow, who used to play in the big leagues. Boy, I believe. He,
1: really, uh, he went out on a limb. <laughs> he went out on a limb out there early. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, Red Sox fans following uh, them on uh, whatever platforms, they weren't happy about the Red Sox doing anything. And then, you know, Giolito out of nowhere. And, uh, all right. They got a little hot stove cooking, you know. Right. Um, we're still waiting on David Stearns, but let's make the right moves instead of, you know, being impulsive. So I'll, I'll give David I think Stearns. I
1: impulsive might be $160, 80000000 for a three or four, you know, guy that probably doesn't want to play in New York. <laughs> I don't believe he wants to play in New York. Neither you know, he came I. up as a Yankee. You really don't have a choice who you're playing for when you yeah. get drafted you know you get drafted by whoever i think the uh, the big bushy beard and unkempt neck hair in the world series kind of let you know who kind of who he is he's kind of a laid back more and the, i know the mets don't have the the same types of you know no muster no hair facial hair rules and all that but uh
0: right.
1: you know i don't i don't know i don't think he's a new york guy i just you know some I people could... don't want to play in new york
0: you know what? I couldn't play for the Yankees. I can't shave this this little this guy off.
1: I I wouldn't recognize myself
0: in the mirror with Yeah, this you and me gone. both. I played with yeah. them. In,
1: I played with them in AAA, and I I don't think I ever actually really put the razor to the face, but I would obviously okay. take the trimmer and trim it down as low as I possibly could.
0: They do have that rule in uh, their whole organization. It's all the whole thing. That is ridiculous. It's twenty twenty four.
1: Really? Yeah. You know? Yeah, but you know what? You, know, you got guys <laughs> wearing neon cleats that have nothing to do with your. Yeah. Uniform with uniform, one form, uniform. Yeah. You know, so I get it. I don't know. I guess they're sticking to something, but they look they look a little silly with the ninety sevens and eighty sixes and whatever on their backs too. But I guess when you retire all your numbers, you got to give them something.
0: Well, Alex Verdugo earlier got traded to the Yankees from the Red Sox, and they don't make a lot of moves together. Um, He had that huge beard, Verdugo, and he wears ninety nine. He gave it up, obviously. Judge has ninety nine, and he had to shave the beard. He looks completely different. He's got you know, yeah,
1: but this is our safety. Is wh- this is our safety net. The beard, you know,
0: it, it is. I love it. So
1: count me out, Hal Steinbrenner.
0: I'm not taking your money. Right. So the beard is the beard. My stains. exactly. Uh, there's a lot of different ways we can go here. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. I'm going to go first. I saw your tweet uh, the other day about uh, someone put it out there about uh, framing, and we had discussed this. On some podcasts, uh, probably let's say within the last five or so, about how you, we had a little debate, and that what it makes this podcast great. The framing has, and tell me if I'm wrong, so the listeners know. The framing you don't really mind as so much as you know because it's different, I guess, from when you pitched. You know, now it's like to look cool in a way. But it's not really changing the game. Tell me what you think, because uh, I
1: think the difference is is the word "frame." When you say "frame" and this for is a catcher, I play, everybody for a catcher framing. Framing. When you yes. use the word pe- "frame," if I have a picture, a picture that I'm going to put on the wall or painting, I'm going to put it in a frame. Yes, Where does the are. frame go? The frame goes around the border of the picture, of Correct. the photo. It goes around the border, quote unquote, framing nowadays is taking any pitch wherever it is thrown and pulling it to the middle of the strike zone and holding the ball like that crossed over the middle of the plate. Like everybody that watching is an idiot. And the guy standing <laughs> behind the catcher is an idiot as well, that he has no idea that the ball was three feet over there. And I just grabbed it and pulled it over to the middle of my body as quickly as I possibly could. Um, that's the difference in framing. To me, it's not framing anymore. Framing is they used to get around the ball that was just missing and kind of pull it back in and just kind of hold it there. It, w- it would be considered the outer edges of the strike zone. That okay. is no long, that's no longer the case. Now it's wherever the ball goes, snap grab it. it and yeah, pull it back it. towards the middle of the strike zone like the ball just crossed the middle of home plate. Um, there's a few things that I think have uh, evolved in catching that in a couple of years, I'm going to be very interested to see what they do when the umpires are now no longer calling strikes anymore
0: sooner than later.
1: Yep. Tell me, tell me the reason why you have to catch on a knee because the reason they caught on a knee was because you were given that umpire a good look at the pitch that's down and away from him. You're not going to have to do that anymore because the umpire is going to tell them whether it was a strike or not. Right. The whole framing and pulling the ball anywhere framing it at all. Is this, is there even going to be a need for framing other than it helps the catcher? I mean, the pitcher feel good mentally. You know? So I just feel like it's completely changed yeah. from when I when I played. And I know that older umpires, Joe West, Frank Pulley, a lot of yeah. the older guys, they would have been leaning right over down into these catchers' ears and telling them to knock the shit off. I'm not a fool and I know what's going on. And you wouldn't be moving the ball that much if you believed it was a strike. Because they used to even say that when the framing was just around the edges of the strike zone. So I don't know. At some point in time, the players have kind of taken over that power a little bit with the the pulling the ball to the middle of the The, strike zone. I don't mind framing. I don't see why we're pulling balls that are a foot outside to the middle of the strike zone.
0: Right. Okay. So we're on the same page. You don't mind framing what has changed and you've touched upon it is the the craziness of taking somewhere three inches off the plate and trying to fool everybody
1: that it is a strike. I would think that three inches off the plate would be snapped real quick and brought just to the edge of the strike zone. To, to try it, to hey, look, nick, we all, nick the corner. Yes, we all saw the ball, right, Mr. Umpire? We saw that right. ball. It wasn't over the middle of home plate, but damn, it was right on the corner, wasn't it? That
0: Who was, was you met, Greg Maddox obviously was, you know, a, a painter of the outside and the black of every part of the uh, of home plate. Who was yep. the the umpire that gave him oh man, and he passed away. He was like big African American.
1: But that was that was Greg. Greg. Levon Last Hernandez,
0: I think he helped then, too.
1: Yeah, Levon Hernandez. That yeah. was a little Outs- too obnoxious.
0: That was, that was outlandish. Yeah. yeah, that was a
1: little too obnoxious, yes. Yeah. You got wonder, to right. wonder if he got paid for some of those calls. Those yeah, I mean, those it wasn't guys.
0: even close. But yeah. you bring up some good points about, you know, we are going to get the robot off for calling strikes. And they are channeling it and using it, experimenting in AAA with it yep. um, and in the I'm minors. i very,
1: very interested to see how catching – evolves again once that happens because yeah. you can't tell me there's any reason to do any of that stuff anymore you but talk here's... to any old school pitcher and it's unfortunately i'm old and i'm old school now and i was once young and hip and cool and i'm no longer that and Bill, i'm you totally aware Bill, of that age,
0: age is just a number and you're still young hip and cool
1: all right i appreciate that but you're uh, welcome no there's not going to be many guys and i think i've even said this to you before if you would have asked uh verlander or, or asked scherzer what they felt feel about throwing to pitch the catchers nowadays, relative to when they first started playing, yeah. I'm willing to bet they would say that they enjoyed it at a, at a different style. You know, I love framing. I love framing it right to the. You know, try to make everything look good. It's
0: it's funny you mentioned that those two specifically, first ballot Hall of Famers, went out of their way, unlike Degrom, to compliment the catching by Francisco Alvarez.
1: What else were they going to say?
0: That he sucked? Don't just just say what Degrom said. Oh. Nothing like, yeah, he was fun, you know. He gave me a good target or something like that, you know.
1: I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see Alvarez calm the, calm the pull on the ball from the middle of the strike zone down a little bit. He he's one of those
0: little. there's some guys that, and we can talk about framing. Uh, we got to move on forever, yeah, yeah. but it, it, there's some catchers that are smooth with it. You know, the, I, there's an art, you know, of making it not. You got to be very subtle. But if you've ever seen on X or Twitter on scorecards of for behind the home plate where it's like an automatic strike zone that yep. is capturing whether the ump got it right or wrong. Yep. Yep. And if you ever get a hundred percent, it's like, Whoa, right. You know, and the, the umpires who suck and these calls are legit, whether they're balls or strikes and you have home plate and you have whether, you know, it's a strike or a ball, you know, that's a good way of seeing if They're right or not. It, we don't see too many good ones <laughs> these days. So the framing it it helps a little maybe like you were saying for confidence of a pitcher to make it. I definitely
1: think it's a confidence thing seeing because visually seeing what, seeing something look good makes you feel good, which in turn makes, helps you go ahead and make the next pitch and feel confident about the next pitch. You know, if you're boxing the ball all over the place and you feel like, man, that was a close pitch and it looked like I missed by a foot that hurts our confidence, you know? Yeah. But I, I just think it's gotten to a little bit out of hand with the, Moving the ball a foot and a half, two feet this you know, I can understand on the on the edges, frame it on around the frame of the strike zone now I like that I love that
0: yeah I, I, again, we could talk about framing forever, but that's what makes baseball so great you know it, it, framing is such a little part right now and has always been of always what has makes Absolutely. Uh, uh, it's such a large part, but it's such a subtle part, and that's what makes the intric- intricacies of baseball so great you know um, i
1: hate I hate to see the robot umpire coming but I am intrigued to see how it changes catching again. I definitely am interested.
0: We've gone through so many rule changes. Yeah. you know. Well, they're already kinda...
1: talking about speeding them up
0: again, right? They're talking, they, they, they cut they're... time off the pitch clock. 20, right? 20 seconds to 18 now with a runner on base. Really, two seconds? I don't know why
1: they'll just put the guy on first base and then just tell him, go ahead and go to second. We'll just start playing again. Exactly. Double plays. Double plays are no longer allowed. Yeah,
0: right?
1: Yeah. It's a, why not?
0: Why not? I mean, we, what we didn't know... When the automatic – there was no more intentional walks of the catcher standing up, going like that, stepping out of the box, catching the ball four times. Right. God forbid that takes 35 seconds. Now it's the manager puts up four fingers and you go to first. Right. Little did we know when that started, there was going to be 8,000 more rule changes to speed yeah. up the game. Yeah, um, we got to move on. I know we could talk about this forever. Uh, but for the sake of everybody, let's go uh, with uh, something – interesting if you will, and not necessarily New York Mets because this is not just a Mets podcast MLB and New York Mets
1: yes, sir Mount
0: rushmore which is four of the best throwing arms for an outfielder that you've ever seen saw this on Twitter X and I liked it I was I started to think you know and I had to start thinking about older players current um I have my four uh I, I don't know if you have your
1: four i do would you like to uh select who goes first with this Uh you know what i usually uh defer to you i'm gonna go ahead and go first to this time please do all right uh i think that any list of outfield arms would be incomplete if you're going to do a mount rushmore without having uh the great number 21 roberto clemente uh on he, the top of the list you know couldn't I'm, agree more I'm, obviously i'm probably just a little too young. I mean, what did he, he passed away in 73. I believe I was born in 73.
0: New Year's Eve huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't get to see him play, but New um, Year's
0: day. One of those. Yeah.
1: Obviously watched all, you know, I grew up watching the the old, old world series highlights. And I I was, you know, I was a baseball, a baseball junkie growing up. So any list would be incomplete without Roberto Clemente leading it off. I'm going to go my other three with guys that, during my time when i played and that i got to see in person yeah uh ichiro obviously a tremendous tremendous arm and you, look at the, you know you look at the in comente in a way too you look at the size of him not like a big huge hulking man but just an absolute cannon of an arm uh probably one of the best that i ever saw in person uh would be vladimir guerrero you know i okay. seen him in, in week and Think back to the throw that he did. I can't remember who he was who he threw out. I want to say it was Hundley. It was. The one one hop off the right field wall.
0: If you've seen the play, you don't forget the play. Right. (laughs) Right field warning track on a line.
1: Hundley was thrown out
0: when he was on the Expos. Yes,
1: yes. And my last guy is not a name that gets brought up quite as often as some of the other names that are out there. And I think it's more because – he didn't have as long of a career or as great of a career that people had kind of expected. And I played against him in the minor leagues and then was a teammate of his with the New York Mets. And that's Alex Ochoa. Oh. And Alex had an absolute freaking cannon. And I remember all the way back to the minor leagues when he was playing in Bowie, Maryland. And it the first time we ever got to see him play in person. 5 in the- tool Big prospect, Alex Ochoa. And a super guy, too. Just one of the nicest guys you could ever meet in your life. And the first time we ever played, they were open in the new stadium in Bowie, Maryland. And our whole team stayed out in the dugout to watch infield, outfield, because that was was still a time where that was a thing. And guys (laughs) took infield and outfield. And we all wanted to see Alex throw. And I remember a specific throw in in infield and outfield where, I guess this was the thing he did. He would have the catcher get down behind home plate. Uh-huh. And then his last throw would be throwing the ball to the catcher down like he was catching. And he didn't have to frame this one because it was right over the middle anyway. And uh, I'll never forget that. And then obviously I got to see him play as, in person, uh, you know, in the major leagues. And Alex had an absolute cannon as well. Those are best.
0: Okay. Um, before I get to my four, uh, Alex Ochoa, that's, I was not expecting that name. That's uh, why
1: I threw that one out there.
0: Yeah, I, I love it because um, that was my era of growing up. So I, I remember watching him. I remember he came up as a huge top prospect and five-tool player, obviously his arm being one of the five tools. Um, and uh, he didn't pan out to be that guy. I got
1: to see him hit for, I got to see him hit for the cycle in the big leagues, which was pretty cool. He hit for the cycle. He never
0: panned out for the Mets, but he won a yep. World Series ring on the roster with the uh, Anaheim Angels back in 2001. Wow. So he has, uh, not 2001, two, I'm sorry. Three. That was the Diamondbacks, 2002. Two, um, two three, yeah. yes. yes. Three was the Marlins. Yeah, you know? I was going to
1: say two into three winter time because I remember I was in Venezuela playing that year and uh, K-Rod came down and pitched uh-huh. after, the, after the World Series because, you know, like we talked about in the past, the guys kind of, you know, once they get it to the get to the big leagues, they kind of will go play in their winter league where they grew up to kind of. They're get still the doing it now. Yeah. Oh yeah, There's, yeah. Um,
0: absolutely. Yeah, so uh, yeah, he won a ring. I, I believe he went overseas to play and did pretty well over there. Yep. Can't tell you what country, but uh, yeah, he had a good baseball career all in all. Uh, it's going to kill me, and I, I I can't look it up this second. But uh, I forget who he got traded for after you know his time was up with the Mets. want to was it Jay Payton? Something with Jay Payton. No, Peter. Jay
1: came up as a man.
0: No, I know. I'm saying Orioles and and something about because no, man, there, there's some. I could be wrong. There's Jay was like, there in 2000.
1: So was Alex because they were on the same team. We were they were there in 2000. Okay, I don't, Alex I, was there in 2000.
0: No, Alex was not a man in 2000. He wasn't. No way. No, he was already gone. no, it was yeah. He was gone. Yeah. Um, right. obviously Jay Payton was on the Mets in 2000 cause right. I mean, you know, that whole run in game two of the world series, you yeah, know, I yep. remember it well against Rivera, but, uh,
1: Jay unfortunately didn't have a great arm, but Jay had a bunch of Tommy John surgeries. I swear. Poor guy. I Jay, think he had three Jay, of them it turned out to be.
0: Jay was one of those, Jay Payton, another uh, top prospect that had it all. But like you said, Go injuries, easy rail, don't, easy. hey, 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 I know who <laughs> I'm talking to over here. So, uh, all right. So real quick, because, um, I'm looking at uh, the clock here and uh, yeah, yeah. we're starting off 2024. Like we did 2023, uh, my four, three of the four, I actually agree with you, which is crazy. Each in my Mount Rushmore of top arms for outfielders. As we got off subject each for sure. Vlad Guerrero for sure. And we talked about that play. And if you've not seen the play, just type in Vlad Guerrero, uh, throwing on YouTube yeah, it'll be for, there. for my, for the listeners and everyone watching. Um, it, that throw will make you agree with Bill and I, and then I also agree with you on Clemente. You have to put him on your list. Um, I never saw him play live, obviously, but I've seen the clips. Junkie like you, um, you say Ochoa, and I've seen Ochoa's arm. Can't disagree.
1: I did that I, as a as a friendly gesture as well, and a little it. little different.
0: I'm gonna. I, I agree. I mean, I would put him on my Mount Rushmore, but hell of an arm. I'm going to say, because I've seen it live. So, again, I'm a little biased. Just like you saw Joe Lie live. I saw Yo Anes Cespedes uh, throw out a guy, kind of like Vlad did, from left field. I like, his arm was just a cannon. Um, I saw it on all the teams that he played for. The one I'm thinking, warning check, left field, Oakland A's at the Coliseum. Can't th- yeah. remember who he threw out. Yeah. But, I mean, he had a hose for an arm, Cespedus. He wasn't just a great hitter. so. Yeah. Uh, three of our four are hall of famers that we agree on.
1: I'll throw then, one more in there as an honorable mention who would have been my fourth. And that would be Bo Jackson. Yes. Bo Jackson I would, had a serious cannon as well.
0: Bo Jackson would probably make most people's Mount Rushmore actually, because yep. if you, if you see his arm, you would be like, hell yeah. Uh,
1: and I know Dave Parker had a hell of an arm too, but again, I was probably a little bit too young to be able I, to see him play much. I'll uh, be honest
0: I'll be honest with you, Bill. I really thought you were going to say Andre Dawson. That's a good
1: one, too. There's some I know. Good ones. That's a re- good one, too.
0: I thought you were. that was going to be a I went a with right
1: fielders. I went with right fielders. Well, you know?
0: right, right fielders always have the best arms. Yeah, that's
1: why they put them there. It's the first uh, throws,
0: right? Every single one except Cespedes, for, at least for me, is a right fielder. So, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, we got to move on. That was fun. Um, let's have some more fun, shall we? Here we shall. Before we get to the mailbag, we're going to go with one little fun segment here. Um, You and I are going to name, and the listeners can play along as well and disagree with us and have their own list, the top three fictional baseball characters ever in a TV show
1: or movie. You know what? Um, I, I meant to write these down, and I totally forgot, but I'm going to do off the cuff, and I know I can do it.
0: I'll go first. I'll give you time. Go ahead. Now, TV show or movie? Fictional, and I'm going to go first, my, fav- my favorite movie of all time is Major League. Nothing compares. It's for me. Like, you know, I, I love baseball movies, but Major League is top one, number one. And then everything else, huge gap, number two. So Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn is number one for me. Beautiful. Um, I think he portrayed that role perfectly in Major League One. I hated how he, they made his character in two, but I guess, you know, sequels are what they
1: are. Right. Not quite the
0: same, exactly. And at the end of Major League Two, at least he came back to the real wild
1: Wild thing. Wild (laughs)
0: thing. Number two, man, I went back and forth with this. I gotta go, Henry Rowan Gardner from Rookie of the Year, and it's such a big drop off, Major League, and you know, and uh, Charlie Sheen, and and all and wild thing Vaughn, but Henry wrote R- in the movie. He played that character so well as a 13 year old. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was such a stupid movie because it's so non-believable about, you know, his breaking his arm and all that. And then throwing a hundred and he had Gary Busey as Chet, whatever, you know, the, the rocket man, I think they called him. Yeah. You know, the older pitcher who was great and then lost it. But I think he just played that movie unbelievably well. Um, and uh, so he would be two. Number three for me, I have a tie. I, I couldn't come up with who's better. Okay. Um, the great Hambino from the Sandlot, the catcher, the, the big guy with the red hair. <laughs> S'mores, you know, you're killing me, small. You're killing me, Smalls. Yeah. Yeah, play ball. You know, That's and then he right. puts down the, the, the catcher's mask.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, I, I believe Ham Porter was his name. Um, the great Hambino. Uh, in real life, I think he went on to wrestling for a little bit, and I, I looked up. He's now famous for like stupid TikTok dancing videos or something. I don't. I had no clue. That's a shame. But yeah, <laughs> I, I never saw that path going, you know, happening. But I have him in a tie, and I have to go back to Major League. And guys, I know there's a thousand great movies out there that are baseball and TV shows, but Jake Taylor, Tom Berenger in Major League, the catcher. I don't know if you can play a catcher. In better. a movie, better than Jake Taylor, and even put in Major League Two when he becomes manager after Lou Brown, you know, has to step away. Jake Taylor in one was amazing, you know, helping Rick Vaughn and and Wesley Snipes, you know, Willie Mays, Hayes, and uh, you know, I'm forgetting so many other guys. Uh, just he was perfect in that movie, Tom Berenger. So that's a tie for third, and we got Henry Gartner uh, rookie of the year number two and Ricky Vaughn wild thing from major league number one.
1: All right. I like that list. I'm going to give you mine now. Cause I got time to think about my names and I remembered them again. I'm going to I got two. And again, my favorite movie is baseball movies actually uh, a league of their own, but I'm not going to put anybody from there. In my <sighs> I knew what you're going to say he's so good in that too. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick one of them, but that is my favorite movie. I want oh. to make that oh. said first. Okay. But, uh, I'm going to go with two kind of silly ones and one serious one. My first one uh, is going to be a silly one, and that's going to be Nuke Lelouch. Of course. From uh, Bull Durham, of course. Great character. And me coming up as a, uh, you know, top prospect pitcher, kind of a little bit of an oddball. Always kind of felt a kindred spirit with Nuke Lelouch. You ever hit the mascot on purpose? <laughs> no, but we definitely talked about it. I might have hit the mascot not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but uh with that being said my second guy i'm gonna go with my serious guy and this is a you know all-time classic uh roy hobbs um great great character great actor you know the one of the the top leading men of all time uh and my last one i'm gonna go not with the movie but i'm gonna go with a uh a series and that's Uh Kenny motherfucking powers
0: i knew that was gonna be on the list yeah
1: yeah you know i feel like sometimes part of that and obviously everything's a little exaggerated but I could name uh, as myself and a couple other guys that I might have played with as some of the inspiration for uh, for Kenny Powers and his uh, his antics. You know, I've i found him very uh, entertaining to say the least.
0: Great show, and and he played that character amazingly. Perfectly, yep.
1: Yeah. yeah, he, he uh, must have really sat down and and talked with some former former ball players when he created that that character because he had uh, to. Yeah. Obviously, an exaggeration to an extent, but uh, he, he nailed it.
0: All right, so let's get this straight. Your favorite movie is *League of Their Own*.
1: Favorite baseball movie.
0: Baseball movie. That is. Yeah. So I thought you were going Tom Hanks, Jimmy Dugan. Jimmy Dugan, just, of course. Right. And
1: he delivered to me the best line in all of baseball movies, and it's the hard that makes it great. If it was easy, everybody would do it. So that's the greatest line in any baseball movie. But uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to No, no, he
0: didn't have a big part of that movie. You right. Know, not a huge, of, huge part. He wasn't the star. Right. You know
1: exactly so
0: um he had a lot of great quotes from that movie you know no crying in baseball that's too easy Uh, though that was easy when he was signing the baseball to the fan yeah
1: avoid the
0: avoid the clap jimmy dugan you know yeah right um so okay to recap favorite baseball movie league of their own kenny powers i knew that was going to be on there you have uh roy hobbs of course and uh and and, uh yeah so uh i can't those are all great characters so I, think, oh, I think
1: i think every single one that we named is a, is a great character
0: yeah no one I, I would if anyone listening uh please uh yeah. on, let us know who are your favorite characters of all time in a tv show or a movie uh drop us a tweet at shay underscore hello or on instagram at shayhellomedia hello media or on youtube hit that subscribe button and uh you know, we always respond as we do every week. Yeah, um, I look forward Sh- to
1: hopefully seeing some of the listeners uh give us their their three. Yeah. There's,
0: a, there's a lot, there's a lot of you know fictional characters that so are. Great. Many. Yep. Um that was fun. And without further ado, we move to the first edition of the 2024 mailbag. I am excited. And without further ado, let's begin. From Bill's Boy, NYG. NYMGI, And I have to say first, we always do this. We throw it out on uh, Twitter X. If you want your questions about the Mets or baseball, we put it out there. You reply with your tweet if you're on Twitter. And we read your questions live on air, just like we're about to do now. First edition, 2024. You ready, Bill? Lay it on me. NYMGI. Bill, with free agency moving very slowly, with a lot of starters, how frustrating would have been for you, would have upset you with waiting such a long
1: period of time? Well, I know me personally, if it was me in the situation with me being a little bit of a not so patient at times, I would think that I would definitely be itching to try to know where I was going to be going and uh, knowing what the situation would be where I'm going. and. Uh, knowing what my pay was going to be and start to look for places to live and uh, look for places yeah. to live during spring training. Um, I think it's got to be a little bit frustrating for the guys. But like we said earlier in the day, uh, in the show, with the amount of money that's being thrown around, maybe it's going to be worth the wait a little bit. But um, always, yeah. yeah, good point. If I was one of the more mid-tier guys, I would definitely be getting a little bit antsy to try to let's go guys. Let's get some stuff going on here so I can figure out where in the world I'm going to be.
0: Yeah, That totally all makes sense. Um, You got to know where you're living, but you got to wait it out for the right possible, you know, the right, the perfect, you know, opportunity. opportunity. Thanks for the question as always uh, N Y M G I, uh, Jimmy lags. Who's now looks like he likes to, he's getting involved here in the mailbag. Uh, he has a question for both of us, Bill and Casey happy new year. Thank you. You as well as Jimmy, given it was just the holiday season. Can you rank your five favorite holidays in order? Um, I'm for the sake of time. going to just say, of course we can, Jimmy, but let's do three. Sounds um,
1: good.
0: I'll go first. If you yep. don't mind.
1: Yep, please do. Um,
0: holidays. I don't know how, what we all consider a holiday, but I guess Easter holiday,
1: whatever you consider a holiday,
0: right? Yeah. That's exactly. Um, it's changed as I've gone older. Uh, you know, the fun part of some holidays are now different as I'm older, but I would probably say Thanksgiving and this is not, I'm not going to go in order. Right. I I don't have the time to think what is better, you know, but my top three in, in no particular order would be Thanksgiving 4th of July, man, and Memorial Day weekend, the unofficial start of summer.
1: I like that. I like that.
0: That's what my three.
1: All right. My three are, um, I love Halloween time. Good one. I love the the Christmas and the New Year holidays and the holidays around this time of year. And the 4th of July, just for being an American and being a red-blooded American and uh, loving my country. Fourth yeah, Fourth of July, of
0: July sure. is always a good one. You know, Absolutely. Uh, good question. Uh, Jimmy, Happy New Year to uh, you as well. Uh, moving on. Stacy NYC. She has a question for you, Bill. Okay. Bill, what, it's a two-parter. Bill, what was your most and least favorite part of being a Major League Baseball pitcher?
1: Well, the most favorite part would obviously be uh, – being a major league baseball player, you know, <laughs> saying that you're you're playing in the major leagues and you're in the top less than one percent of baseball players on the planet, um, being successful is obviously uh, the best part. You know, doing well and uh, succeeding, um, being in a clubhouse full of teammates that you know you get along with, and being part of a brotherhood that's that's the best part. Um, the worst part is obviously the struggle. Uh, whether it be on the field health wise um you know the battle of up and down and back and forth you know those that's the worst part but again when it all boils down to it you're playing professional baseball and getting played to uh, paid to play a sport that you love so it's not all that bad there's a lot worse things that could be going on in your life but um it definitely has its downside and that would be when you're struggling or when you're injured you know but um I think that the good uh, outweighs the bad and outweighed the bad, or I wouldn't have played till I was 37, even though it wasn't in the major leagues. But um, I right. definitely love the camaraderie. And then just the saying that you're playing major league baseball and you're, you know, top, top shelf on the, on the planet is, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, you were a professional ball player for what, 17, 18 years?
1: Well, 19, 19, 20, but right. Whatever. And then I coached for a year too, but yeah. Like I mean, if you time, don't from 17 that, to
0: 37, that, that, That's a hell of a long time. So you must have, you know. I had a good run. loved it. I
1: had a good run.
0: Yep. Good question, Stacey. Thank you so much uh, for that question. Uh, We have a question from Jeff Cohen, who is uh, always part of the mailbag here. Our
1: loyals. These are our loyals.
0: He's got a question for you and for me. Um, We'll start with the question to you. Uh, Bill, is there any ballpark you enjoy playing in? the most and was there a ballpark that you did not enjoy playing in
1: uh obviously shea first shea first off just because of the my fandom as a kid and then uh being able to play there uh it wasn't the most beautiful park in the world i always say it was the most darkest gloomiest beautiful place on the planet you know and i loved it it was Uh, hard it was
0: a dump but it was our dump
1: it was i loved it i I loved it i couldn't wait to be there and i was so happy to ever be there um i always said this too and i know it's changed because the times have changed and a lot more money's been put into it when i played with boston uh the time that you got to the yard to the time you went out to the for batting practice the place that that it stunk because the clubhouse stunk it wasn't right a big league clubhouse it was you know just the old locker room It was gross batting practice was awesome and then you'd go back in after batting practice, and it would stink for an hour and a half because you wow, didn't. I
0: never knew that. Okay,
1: but once again, stink is relative. You're in a you're in a major league clubhouse about to go out and play a major league baseball game, right? I get but it. But then from seven o'clock to ten ten thirty, whatever, when the game finished, it was one of the most awesome places on the planet. And I yeah. got the I was there, uh, you know, in two thousand and one, and the team was good, and the place was packed every night, and um, it was a really a great. Um, just an awesome atmosphere. Yeah, Fenway. A place that I did not like. I did not enjoy playing at Wrigley Field, and I had, hmm. uh, you know, I had one of my worst games ever there. But the, uh, you know, Philly fans get, you know, bad rap, and uh, New York fans get a bad rap. Chicago Cubs fans are brutal. Really? I don't. I don't like the stadium. I did not like the clubhouse. I'm sure it's different now. I know the dugouts are different now. But the dugouts, I couldn't barely even stand up in because obviously in the late 1800s, early 1900s, everybody was much shorter. And I know (laughs) they've changed things now. But I I, did—I love Chicago. I did not like Wrigley Field.
0: Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, Lots to unpack there. That was a really good answer. Thank Uh, you. I I love, as a fan, Wrigley Field. I mean, it's completely different as a fan. Um, But uh, I could see how, you know, maybe a player doesn't like it. So compact.
1: Well, I had my – also, my wife got a hard time from fans while she was there one one time too. It's just not my thing. Not my thing, man. Yeah. Love Chicago. You could have Wrigley Field. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Great question, Jeff. Even better. No offense, Jeff. Uh, answer I think a lot to unpack there uh, but he has a question for me and I'm going to answer it very quickly because we're going to move on uh, yep. to we'll go to one more question after this uh, Casey based on uh, what we've seen with pitchers now getting a lot of money CG Alito Senga has an opt out after 2025 should the Mets start renegotiating with him now to give him real-time market value now before it's too late
1: I thought that was a great question too but it me.
0: is and I thought about it and um, they should, obviously. Will they? No, because Senga is going to laugh in their face. If things can change after this year, if he has a terrible year. Um, but it, like, it, let's put it this way. If the Mets don't have a pitcher signed after they have one pitcher signed after this year I Guarantee you, that's Sangha. And if he opts out after 25, which is not long from now, because we all know it goes fast. Let's have nobody. So Sangha is your linchpin at least. You know, he's thirty years old. Five year deal, he got seventy-five million, but he got an opt out after his third year. Mets, of course, should try to, you know, just tear up that contract and give him a new one. But it's only his rookie year that he's pitched in. So Sangha's gonna laugh in your face. Second in the rookie of the year voting, and he easily could have won it. Um let's see how twenty four goes this year. And then I think the Mets, with all money gone off the books, you know, and knowing that Sanga, if he has another great year, uh, is worth another contract. Because we all know money now is more valuable than, you know, money down the road. Yep. Uh, you know, deferred money is not the same without interest and all that crap. So uh, that's a great question. What do you think about it?
1: I think, I, I think you nailed it. I think that's a great question. And I think you gave a great answer that makes a lot of sense.
0: Perfect. I love it. I love being right, or at least having you agree with me. I agree with you. I agree. Yeah. Last question. Theo A. um, He has a question. We both could answer it. Uh, I did a lot of research, actually, on this um, because it's a really good question. So I'll give props to Theo on this one. He wants to know the best single season ever in Mets history for, obviously, for a pitcher who's not good in 1985. I mean, you can't beat that. So let's go offensively. Um, he goes, what is the best single season of Mets history? A la David Wright, 2007, for example. Um, I did some research on this. I'm going to go as fast as I can because I can't just answer this in one line. Okay. I have three seasons that I narrowed it down to okay. of the best all time Mets season for an offensive player in history. Now, David Wright is one of them in 2007. Um, He was fourth in the MVP balloting, which is complete bullshit, by the way. Uh, Jimmy Rollins won it. Shouldn't have. Matt Holiday came in second. Prince Fielder with the Brewers came in third. Right that year, 325, he hit 30 home runs, 107 RBIs, 42 doubles, on-base percentage of 390. All-star. I do think the end of the season collapse didn't help, as we all know what happened that year. Um, uh, I believe he won the platinum, uh, gold glove or the platinum. Uh, yeah. Silver bat. That. Yeah. Silver platinum or whatever. So, yeah. There's a platinum um, glove. And then there's platinum a silver, glove and silver, silver slugger. Oh, he definitely yep, won the silver slugger. Silver slugger. There yeah. Go. Yeah. Silver slugger. Right, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next one, Mike Piazza 2000. I hope you, everyone listening is sitting down for this. You probably all witnessed it, but here are the numbers. 136 games. He's a catcher, mind you. He hit 324, 38 home runs, 130 13 RBIs. Power hitter, right? 58 walks and only 69 strikeouts for a power hitter. He slugged 614.
1: 325 you said too, right?
0: He hit 324. So call 325. it 325. The dude only struck out 69 times.
1: Um my how the game has changed.
0: Yeah. 3.98 on base percentage, slugged 6.14. That's an OPS of 1.012. And he played 136 games, not all as a catcher, of course. A couple interleague play games as a DH. We remember Doc, uh, Doc, uh, Roger Clemens in this double dip where he got hit in the head and all yeah. that. The two games in both uh, cities, in the Bronx and Queens. Third in the MVP with those numbers. Barry Bonds came in second, and I remember he hit like 48 home runs and had absurd numbers like he always did. Do you know who came in first? Who? Jeff Kent won the MVP. Yeah, that was my look. Crazy. I had to look Jeff at his Kent, numbers. I,
1: I, and me and Jeff Kent did not get along the no, best. I know. But I will say I think he's borderline Hall of Famer, if not a Hall of Famer when it comes down to it, second baseman, man. I believe he's off the ballot now.
0: I know, but um, damn. Brian yeah.
1: Sandberg, Jeff Kent? Yeah.
0: Well, we know that, it, you know, the baseball ballot writers. for Hall of Fame, the writers, it's ongoing as we speak. The v- yes. votes are in yep. and the public ones are being known. It, there's a lot of semantics and off the field shit that oh, goes yeah. with it. The yes. media, the writers, they didn't like Jeff Kent, just like yes. you didn't like Jeff Kent. And that's why it, you can make the case. He's arguably the best second baseman somehow offensively ever. Yes. Most of runs argument
1: can definitely make.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so yeah, Mike Piazza that year was third in the MVP voting behind Bonds and Kent, which is even more going because Bonds and Kent, same team. Same team. Giants. Yeah.
1: yeah. So uh, the dynamic duo, they didn't get along real well either.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think anyone got along with Jeff Kent. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, was, he was tough. Third one, John Olerud, 1998. Okay. He hit 354. Mets record. No one's ever hit that high in history. 22 home runs, 93 RBIs, BP 447, slugging 551, call it on base uh, OPS of 1,000. 96 walks, 73 strikeouts, amazing defense, hitting 354. Tremendous. That is my three right there. I'm going to put you on the spot. Bernard guilty, t-
1: 19, Bernard guilty, 1996. I had that as my fourth. That's, that would be my, do you have the numbers? I, re, I in my head, I do. Okay, good. 1996 I don't was have a, the numbers, but that would have been mine. If I would have had, to, I love all those numbers. If just going off the top of my head, cause I was in the dugout that year. And that was the year that uh hot rod hit 41 home runs. Uh, Bernard and Lance Johnson was. 201 incredible. hits
0: for, for one dog. Lance yeah. Johnson. One dog
1: was incredible that year too. And all those triples and money, money was on, money was on fire the whole year. And that was his nickname. And he was Bernard room. was. Bernard was awesome in '96.
0: Bernard Gilkey had 42 doubles, I believe, that year, which at that time was a Mets record. He hit. I have this ingrained in my head like a a, a total psychopath. Um, I had his jersey number 23. Yep. Authentic stitches. Do you remember that in Queens? Yeah. If they made jerseys, you know, I know you played in the big leagues, but for us, you know, peasant fans, we <laughs> paid money for jerseys. Um, you got them. I had Bernard Gilkey as one of my first jerseys, 1996. What a year. The Mets sucked. But offensively, Lance Johnson, 201 hits, the triples, leadoff hitter. Todd Hundley has you hot rod, 41 home runs, met record the Piazza. And then obviously Alonzo. And uh, Bernard Gilkey, he had 298, 42 home runs, and I believe 36 home runs. And 100, oh God, I want to get it all right.
1: I want to say it's 116, but I'm not 100% it, sure. It, it's it's I an even number.
0: It, it could be. It's an even number, and it's mid to upper 100s. Like yeah. 112, 114, 16, around there. Yeah. But yeah, 1996, Bernard Gilkey, absolutely. Yep. Uh, so that's yours? That's mine. I can't, I, mean, I, look, can't.
1: I, I can't argue with the other three, but if right. I was going to pick one out, and it was, again, I like to pick out some things that I was maybe around a little bit, and I was around yeah. that year, and uh, Bernard was... He was money that, he was 19, money
0: that year. Well, he, that walkout song is one of the best. Money, 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 yeah. money. And then he got hit
1: in the head by a fly ball because the UFOs were coming over.
0: Men in Black. I, I, yeah, that movie he was in, I, I never liked that. But uh, <laughs> no, I, not even because of Gilkey and what you just said. I just thought it was a shit movie. But It uh, wasn't great. Right. Uh, my pick is 2000 Mike Piazza with the numbers I just gave you. And uh, only
1: 135 games, not 150 or 160. Right, so that's, that's those are impressive numbers. Super. And, impressive. and just
0: the the lack of strikeouts and the numbers yeah, like for a catcher. Yeah. So yeah. I love your answer. I love my answer, and I love the question by Theo because a lot of hard work and research went into it. Uh, and so they
1: got a good answer too. They got a good yeah. long answer.
0: <laughs> yeah. So thank you everybody who uh, wrote in for the mailbag. That was actually one of our better ones. I enjoyed every single question. Yeah. Good job. Uh, it, uh, first one of 2024, so off to a good start. Thanks for everybody who wrote in. We're going to go quickly with the last segment of the Shea podcast, Bill's favorite. If you're new to the podcast, first off, subscribe on Shea Media if you kindly would, and uh, follow us wherever you, like, you get your podcast, Google, Spotify, or Apple, wherever you might get your podcast. Quick pitches. We always end on this. Bill doesn't know what's coming. It's three questions. doesn't have to do with baseball, um, or it could. And he has absolutely no idea what three questions I'm going to ask. And Bill, first edition of Quick Pitches of 2024. Are you ready?
1: I'm ready. Just you've been making it harder and harder on me. I can't wait to hear what this is.
0: <sighs> I don't. You'll have to tell me. Uh, we'll see what you think after the three. All right. Ready? Yes. First one is a layup for you. Okay. okay. All right. What does not go and belong on pizza?
1: You know what? Not cucumbers. belong. Cucumbers. 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 Wow. If you're a Seinfeld fan, you'll you'll know where I'm going with that too. Poppy.
0: Yes, because, okay. Now you're I remember. Yeah. yeah.
1: because um Kramer wanted to make the uh you know, make your own pizza and Poppy yep. owned the restaurant. Uh huh. Started making the pizza with them, but not too much. It's it, I know we got Seinfeld fans out there. I uh, you course. know what I am gonna I'm gonna stick with cucumbers, but I cucumber pineapple. But I, actually, I actually don't mind a little, I couldn't tell you the last time I had it, but I right. finally got talked into it and I, I did have pineapple and, and, uh, ham and I, I, I did not not like it. So I'm going to stick with cucumbers, not long on pizza.
0: Okay. I would never eat cucumbers on pizza. So I'm with you on that. No, That sounds disgusting
1: to me. And um, never, I don't believe I've had anchovies either. But I might, not, I might not, not like it. I don't know. I might like it. I don't know. I, don't I feel know. like I
0: would like that. Yeah. I think
1: I might like it. I think I might like it.
0: I've never actually tried what you just said, ham and pineapple. It's students uh,
1: And you know what? You want to make it leave it a little bit better? Jalapeno on top of that as well. And it's that's Jala- a pretty good pie.
0: Bill, this is going to be TMI, as the kids say. Too much information. If I had jalapenos on a pizza, I'd be in the bathroom for the next week and a half.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just start with <laughs> just the ham and pineapple. And- Fine. All
0: right. I'll start with the ham and pineapple. All
1: right. Give it a shot. You'll be surprised. Give it a shot. I was surprised because I never liked to cook pineapple at all. Actually, I've gotten sick when I was a kid eating the cooked pineapple, and I got talked into it years and years and years ago. Like I said, I couldn't tell you the last time I had it. I want to say 2017, but it's not. It's actually not bad. It's not bad.
0: We might have to put it on the 2024 to-do
1: list. To-do list. Yep. Yeah. All right. I don't know if
0: this is a layup question, but... We'll ask it anyway. It kind of is. I think I'm being easy on you this one this time around. Bill, do you collect anything like hardcore? Are you a collector of whatever not, it might I'm be?
1: Not. I do have um, a 1984 and a 1985 Tops set collection, which would have your your um, Daryl Strawberry rookie card as well as your, your Doc Gooden rookie yeah. card. I did collect cards when I was a kid. Okay. Um, i did collect music a lot as well throughout the the late 80s into the 90s and that but nowadays,
0: like C- cds or cassettes or? I, have
1: a, I have an uh, insane amount of cds I and mean, i used to keep them in the you know the booklets yeah which you you could put four the binder in. yeah the, the yeah go yeah. like that so Yeah. in the past i would say music, okay. and then when i was younger baseball cards but nowadays not so much
0: You'd, okay that was a layup question
1: yeah but i uh, was difficult
0: Yeah. uh, I think, you know, people might, might've been interested and I was last question. I don't think this is the layup question. I hope not. Um, during your player uh, playing days, do you have a story of yourself or somebody else having to use the bathroom during the game? (laughs) Um, Every ballpark is different where the bathrooms are. We all were human. We gotta I go. Think it's not
1: my story, and I don't want to give the name of who it is, but it was a catcher, and it's a story that I was told. Uh, AJ Pruszynski. Um <laughs> Okay, <clears throat> I don't want to say the name of the catcher, but but I did. Is. But I did. Household name uh, of the major league it catcher. It happened at Wrigley. He was catching, and I don't remember who. I was told the story, and I, I don't remember it perfectly, but he told the umpire. Hey man, we got to stop the game. He's like, "What do you mean we got to stop the game? Stop the game! We got to stop the game. I'm going to shit myself." And the umpire was like, (laughs) "Uh, uh, "No, we. You're gonna have to wait till the innings over, and you have to make it there. Whatever." So apparently, he just just let it go.
0: Oh my god!
1: Yeah, and uh, wow.
0: So this is a story you heard. You weren't on the field. I was not involved. No, I I
1: can't think of a specific time myself. Oh, who cares? That story,
0: yeah, I don't think you could beat that story.
1: I mean, I, I tried to make sure that everything was out one way or the other, whatever it be, right. before yeah. it was time to go out there. I mean, obviously, you have your your times where, oh, boy, I didn't yep, uh, I know. Of course. Might We're not have finished yeah, of course. everything. But um, no, me personally, no, I can't really remember one, but that is a story that I was told, and uh, I don't think many people know that one. So let's keep it no. amongst ourselves. Hell no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I, group.
0: Yeah, no, I'm going to promote the, sh- no pun intended, the shit out of that. Answer. Yeah. Right. Um, I might yeah, I tag even tag let's them. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, kind of. Um, yeah, no pun intended uh, with that. Uh, yeah, you can't get better than that. Uh, last thing. I always wondered this. Umpires, mm-hmm. they don't get the opportunity to do what we just spoke about. You know, like the, the guy in left field, the umpire or third base in between innings.
1: I do. I, I have seen times where we'd have like a they little, run little bit of a break in between innings. It might be a little bit longer where a guy might have to run in. Maybe like on
0: national TV, and you get like an extra minute or so. Yeah,
1: you know, you okay. get, and there's, there's own, always a bathroom, especially right. nowadays. It wasn't so much, you know, like Shea didn't have it like that really where no. there was maybe a little one, but you might not everyone wanted to go in there, but <laughs> usually adjacent to the the dugout itself there'll be a restroom right in there right so I just usually always... if you get in that situation in the big leagues usually you can make it to where you get into the dugout and then you can make it to the the adjoining uh the bathroom there to, to to handle your business
0: yeah i always just wonder about the umpires really like because you never hear people
1: sneak away real quick yeah you know but i'm think i'm sure they feel the same way you know especially the home plate umpire I got yeah, all the gear on and all this. I got to make sure and, I, get, right. I handle, handle all my business before and, I get out
0: there. In the middle, you know, in a hot day in the Midwest, yeah. you know, and when turf was more prevalent, right. you know, and you're an umpire with all the gear. Oh my goodness. Yeah. goodness eh? so, it's not easy on
1: those guys.
0: No, no. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> without <laughs> that's going to wrap up the first edition of Quick Pitches. Um, that was fun. A couple of layups. And then we talked about catchers shooting themselves. Yes. Perfect. The us podcast, everybody. So, <laughs> no, um, that was, uh, that was a fun one. Uh, I want to thank our producer, Stephen White behind the scenes, uh, cold, hard pop is his podcast. Check it out. Subscribe. This podcast has been brought to you by roots, recordings.com. And please subscribe. If you're watching us on Shalo media on YouTube or follow us wherever you get your podcast, Spotify uh apple google wherever we're on all platforms bill this was the first episode of 2024 number 20 overall uh any last words before we uh say goodbye uh to the the number
1: 20 and the first one of 24 again thanks for everybody watching thanks for the questions they've been great they're getting uh, better and better (laughs) this passing week not just from you but also from uh our loyal listeners which uh we appreciate and um happy new year again to everybody
0: Absolutely. Uh, I concur. Happy New Year to everybody. Um, thank you all who wrote in for the mailbag. Uh, quick pitches was awesome. I kind of want to try ham and pineapple now on pizza. Give me I'm, a shot. Not, I'm not going to do it probably, but when I do, we'll talk about it on, our, on one of the podcasts. Sounds good. With that being said, thanks everybody who listened in, watched us, whatever it might be. Have a great rest of your day. Please be safe. And that will do it for episode number 20 of the Shay Hello Podcast.